Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Check podcast. This is a little bit of a treat for people who aren't members at patreon.com forward slash tortoise Pretty much every Sunday for the last few years, we wrap the week. We go through some of the stories that made the headlines and some of the ones that didn't get enough attention. We break it down and put it out for our members as a thank you for their support and helping to keep the podcast free for everyone. But given the week that it was, considering what happened outside the doll, we've decided we'll put this one out on general release. But if you like what we do, please join us. As I say all the time, it's the easiest bit of activism you can do on a monthly basis. It's a price of a fancy cup of coffee to you, but to us, it is literally mics on and keeping the show on the road. And if you're listening to this before Thursday the 28th of September, there are still tickets available for our show in the Sugar Club that evening, where I'll be sitting down with now best-selling author and award-winning journalist Aoife Moore and actor, playwright and poet Emmett Kirwin. I'm really looking forward to the dynamic of having both of them on stage at the same time and seeing where that goes. The tickets for that are available on eventbrite.ie. I think the link should be in the bottom of the podcast you're listening to right now. And I hope to see lots and lots of you there. Anyway, one last time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise This platform does not exist without your support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for liking, sharing, recommending us to your friends. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and we are in a hurry because as we said before we came on air, Martin doesn't have much time left. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he is so smart. No, <laughs> far from smart. Look, I'm delighted to, uh, we're bringing you the Sunday show on a Saturday, folks, because uh, tomorrow I've, I've a lot on. I'm actually going out to see a work in progress by none other than Emmett Kirwin. So he has a new thing and he's, 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 he's throwing it out in front of an audience tomorrow. So I'm going to be there. And Emmett will be joining us on Thursday in the Sugar Club. So there's a handful of tickets available. That sounds all terribly suggestive, Tony. He has a new thing and he's going to throw it out on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. And is it an Amsterdam? No? Oh, as much as... as I do, I do find him attractive. I won't lie, but it's just you know, I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah. But no, but look, uh, he will be on stage next Thursday in the Sugar Club with myself and Ethan more So there's a handful of tickets left. But more importantly, some of you, your our dear members and patrons, you haven't used the promo code. So there's a promo code for you guys that reduces the cost by thirty three percent. Please use the bloody code. We appreciate your, your your chipping in and all the rest of it. But come along, um, and unfortunately, Martin is planning on being there as well. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll yes, planning. You, you can't have you can't win them all, folks. Sam, can I come to you first? Um, there's been a lot going on, but uh, we had quite a a, a strange vista from where I sit, where we're we're looking at months of these far-right agitators causing trouble in libraries across Ireland over books that, you know, they're they're um, feeling are sexualizing children, all sorts of nonsense. But you have a whole different experience with libraries in the north in the last few days, and it's quite sad. Yeah, it is. We're, we're, we're experiencing a shortfall in funding. So what they're saying is they're not going to buy any new books. Um... First, you're going to be hitting your books not in English, uh, the audiobooks and large print books. So the audiobooks and large print books are aimed towards an audience there, but probably need to help more than others. Uh, the other thing that pe- people are not picking up on us flying under the radar is the reduced opening hours that are going to have to come in with this as well. Um, and that that has a problem for me as we're coming into the winter months. There's a lot of old people who head to the libraries for the heat. Somewhere to be and somewhere to be social. Uh, and those hours are being reduced. And can I just say, there's an ugly phrase that's used for that, but they, rather because we've seen the, at the creation of food banks, people have referred to libraries as warm banks. Yeah. 
And I think it's farcical that we've got to that stage in our existence that we're we're having to ferry out our old people out of their homes during the day and put them in the buildings just to keep them warm so they're together. Um, but yeah, those hours are going to be cut. So yes, the books being cut and no new books being bought is a tragedy uh, and will impact those who need it the most because let's be honest, there's people knocking about it there who need libraries because they can't afford to buy books. So they go and borrow the books and this is where they get their reading and their intelligence and their education. It all comes together. And those areas are going to be hit the hardest are, are the usual working class areas. But it's the opening hours that really primed me because I know uh, certain libraries there, if you go into during the day and there's a great gang of people there and they're all elderly and they're all having the chat and the, but they are there because A, they want to read, but B, is to keep warm and they don't have to uh, hate their own homes and spend money they don't have. It's, it's it's quite sad and actually, you know, I, I'd love to I'd love to I'd love to um say to you that, you know, there that it's it's oh it's not gonna come to this, but it is gonna come to that, isn't it? There's no there's no political will to change it currently. No, um there are many reasons for this. I mean the underfunding was there last year as well. It it's it's been underfunded for to some extent for the last couple of years. Um I'd love to blame just one person or one party or one individual sort of grouping uh all together for this. But it's mismanagement over over the period of the last couple of years has done this. But I presume there's money for other things, San. I presume there's money for advisors. I presume there's money for uh, wages for those who are political representatives. I, I presume there's money. There's just not money for libraries. I mean, it's a priority that's that somebody has said, well, it's not really a priority. I prefer to have my expenses or I prefer to have my 22 advisors or something like that. Well, in, in their defence, and I'll pay, play devil's advocate for this, th- those wages are set out and just roll on because they're automatic. Um, this funding needs to be approved by those who are getting those wages uh, and currently aren't going to do that. So I'll, I'll not go down that way, but I will say that we have managed to legislate for other funding without storming sitting in the past. Now we're here. We now, we're, now we're getting to the now we're getting to the rub of it. Now we've managed to put money into people's pockets and fund other things and and work around situations before, but we're not doing it now. And I want to know why that is. Um, where is the desire to keep keep the place running? It's not there. Which is pushing the growing calls for reform of Stormont because it was built on a, on a way on in such a basis that it can't function with you know if someone does what they've done they take their they they grab their football and they take it home you can't play ball anymore as the DUP have done at the moment and as we like again as we know Sinn Féin have done in the past and we've seen it been used so reform of Stormont is much more on the agenda now surely than um, and actually might be something that that I, I, I hasten to add, should be pushed by uh, Westminster and Dublin as well because no one wants to have this nonsense of, you know, direct rule crap come back again, Sam. No, I, I don't. I honestly don't see a, a smooth path out of this for anybody. I have been going on about reform for many years because it, it needed done. It needed to evolve. What I will say for those calling for it at the minute to do it without the, the DUP's input is be careful. Unfortunately, they are the largest unionist party. And to reform it without their input is to alienate those voices that vote for them. Um, so I don't want to go down that line. They have to have an input to it. But we need to get to a situation. I think we did the last time. There's mechanisms put in the last time about wages being cut and what would happen if if this didn't happen after a certain period of time. I think we need to get past that if, you, if something happens you don't like, you can just pick up your ball and go home. We have to stop that. It, 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 it doesn't happen in Westminster. It, it, 
It doesn't happen anywhere else no. where you, one person walks out and everybody else collapses. We need to have a situation where there's a mechanism to deal and, with these and, things and, it gives and a, keep it, the place running. It gives a false impression, by the way. And I mean this across the, the, the spectrum in, 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 in the North because it gives that false impression that, you know, if this... It, it can be just enough to say that, well, we're not happy, therefore nobody gets to be happy. It, it's the equivalent, and I put it to you, and I and, and don't take this the wrong way, but I put it to you, it's the equivalent of, of Ireland um, in in the Dáil, our elected representatives voting on one thing, but no one from Leitrim was, was okay with it. And we all had to not do it because Leitrim didn't want to do it. That's just not how it works. You know, we, we do live in representative doc- democracy. Absolutely, people have to have a, a, a at least a seat at a table, at least the a, a idea to advocate for what they want, at least the opportunity to put forward their case. And I know this is something that you're very passionate about, that there's been a failure to put forward the the vision for a future within loyalism and unionism. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so... But at the very fucking least, and again, I'm saying this as someone who has as as the the benefit of of you know producing the podcast yourself and Garrett do. Um, I know you're trying to have some of these conversations, but if it's not happening politically, you can understand why other people are going to say, "Well, we just need to get on with it because we can't have cold li- we can't have libraries closing when people need them. We can't have this sort of situation where we have the worst waiting lists in the in in all of the NHS. Uh, we have the worst mental health disasters. We have the worst. Like, I mean, the level of people who are dependent on prescription drugs in 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 the north." is, you know, something that actually means that's a mental health issue that needs to be dealt with, not just medicated away. So I, I'm preaching to the converted, but I'm also frustrated just at, at you know, at this idea that, they, again, that that you need to, they, the DUP need to get to the fucking game. They need to play the game, not, not, not they need to bring their football are, back. Are, are you convinced that they need to be there, Sam? With the level of, of uh, people voting for them, yes. As much as I don't agree with them, they, they do have a mandate, and that's unfortunate in, in the situation that we're yeah, in. Yeah, but that, does your mandate stretch to literally having no government? Does yeah. your mandate stretch? No, it doesn't. It, it, did, it did after it the last council election. They held their vote, and they, they were quite clear in what they were going to do. And when they were on the doorsteps for the for the Stormont election, they, they were telling people that this would be the case. You know, they did tell people what was going to happen. So as much as it really makes me not happy... Um, they did. They were open about this, and people have voted on that premise that this is what they were going to do. So we, you sort of have to question what what the people think was going to happen if they didn't do this, and are the consequences worth that that vote now? I mean, the, we need another barometer of where people are at the yeah, moment, yeah, and and realistic it's, barometer, it, not just it's it's very. Twitter, like, we need, I want to be very clear. Something I said when I was interviewing John Harris a few weeks ago. Um, I said the the UK was the first um, the first country to vote to impose sanctions on itself at Brexit, and he thought this was quite funny. And you know, but he was he accepted the point. Where now within that, the DUP are actually acting in a way to impose sanctions on everybody else as well. Sam, in a way, that is what's mm-hmm. happening here. It's 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 imposing sanctions on people that are unnecessary when there's already a cost of living crisis, when there's already, you know, uh, high inflation, when there's already all of the other housing issues and health issues that we talk about all the time. And they're, they're actually saying, but stay the, stay the course with us because we have to stand, we have to stand strong because of this nebulous idea that um, somehow, you know, it, it, there's uh, just over the hills, there's, there's, uh, there's a land of, of milk and honey and it's not there. 
No one. And as much as everything has intensified, everything has went worse. I get, I get that. But a lot of this has come before they collapsed storm. And so we, I'm not, I'm not calling for it fr- from the highest mountain to come back because I don't have faith that they'll do what they're meant to do when they get in there. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's that sort of thing at the back of your head going, even if we went back in tomorrow, even if everybody turned up for work on Monday morning and started, would they get past the pettiness? Do they have the skill set to actually do anything? And do they have the will to help? Um, and on those three questions, I would probably say, well, we're looking at the negative in each of them. Well, I mean, you're facing problems, Sam, beyond libraries. I mean, you could walk across Loch Ness now at the moment. I mean, you could literally walk across yeah. it. So, I mean, you, you're facing fundamental problems with infrastructure, drinking water, libraries. You know, these aren't things that people can absorb easily. I mean, okay, they might absorb there's no books in a library. But are they going to absorb that the water coming out of their taps is toxic? Nope. And I'm looking at other things as well. I mean, I was reading today a report to say there's not enough funding to deal with uh, any issues to come up with the concrete in the schools. You know, um, even if they find this stuff in the schools, they're not sure if they have the funding to cope with it. You know, it it just grows day by day. Um, but as I said, we have got round situations I just, in the past I just, I just want to be, I, I need listeners to understand that. So we've aerated concrete rack, mm-hmm. as it's called. It's causing chaos across um, the UK with schools that have to close because they literally are falling in. They, the risk is they could fall in because it was they were 20, 30 years old and this aerated concrete has a certain shelf life. They need to be reinforced to do this. And you're, and unfortunately, again, making my point for me, Sam, the North isn't even in the position to actually find out if they are actually impacted by it, you know? No. It's and, and again, I, I go, I say, if they walk in the Monday morning, would they deal with this? I don't know. I, I don't know how much lead time they need to be able to start putting things right if they have the will to put it right. That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is I don't know whether the will is there from the Westminster government to fund what is required to be done. I mean, we can get them back in the work next week and still the persons will be empty. You know, it. There, there is so much work to be done and we're doing none of the work. And that's the bit that's pissing me off is the fact that we're not doing that other work first. Um, let, let's make sure the point is there that if we go back on Monday that we have the millions that we need to put this right. Uh, I don't think they're asking. I, I think, Sam, you know, when you look at us and they have more money than you could shake a stick at and we still have the same <laughs> problems you have up yeah. north, you know. Is money actually the issue? It's will. It's will. It's not money. They could fix every problem there, they want there is no, in this Mar- country. Martin, they Martin, have the money There to is do nothing it. that we need that we cannot afford. That, no, that is the, no, no. If they decided tomorrow that we're going to build 100,000 houses in 12 months in Ireland, they could oh, that, do it. That, that brings me on to a quick thing. Seamus Coffey today was in the Irish Times saying that full employment is a blocker to building homes. All right? Now... I want to remind people that last week uh, that the biggest villain on social media was a fella, Mr. Gurner, who said we need to inc- in the in the UA. Oh, sorry, in Australia, he's a he's a re- residential investment trust fella. Kind of said he said we need to increase in employment and, and hammer down on them because you know workers have gotten lazy over the pandemic and we need to we need to increase employment unemployment we, to to make sure we you know the 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 balance shifts back to the employer. We also, Martin, if you remember, when we had last time John Schwartz uh, joined us, John, get back on the fucking pod, I'm warning you. Uh, the last time John Schwartz joined us, his, his colleague Ken Klipstein had gotten the minutes from one of the uh, Bank of America things where they said, we yeah. need to double the rate of, of unemployment in certain states because it's become an imbalance. This is where we are now. We're Seamus Coffee, 
is making really factual points about the, the difficulty in building houses, but he's saying one of the barriers is full employment. You know, uh, it's uh, 20 years from now, people like Seamus Gaffey will be saying, we need X amount of people to die so that we can cope with climate change. And they'll say it just as glibly. They'll say it just Martin, as inhumane. Martin, my, you know you know my feelings on this. David McWilliams said it last week in, in the Irish Times where he said, non, the, we have discretion over the non-Ukrainian part of, of immigration. That phrase, no one, no one lost their minds over it because they all thought he hasn't said anything overtly racist. But if you change non-Ukrainian for black, brown, Muslim, Jew, anything else... It is not acceptable. It's not oh, acceptable. I know. Sam, like we're having this kind of far right. It's a very scattered, uh, um, very hard to pick out what the ideology is beyond hate. But any of that, because we see members of, of the British establishment within that mix as well. Any of that going up north? Any of that affecting your 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 positions up there? Not not as not as much as not as overtly as you guys are getting. We did have a situation last week. There was a, a shopkeeper uh, burnt out of his his new shop on on Sandy Road. It's the third time they've set the place on and fire. He was, and, and, he, and he was a Muslim, wasn't he? Yeah, Syrian, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was it because he was? Yes, a Syrian? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah and, 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 and the, the graffiti points to that. Yeah, the graffiti was fairly basic, Martin. It was fairly bluntly, overtly racist. Yeah, um, it, somebody who was bringing trade to the area, somebody who was actually adding to the area, somebody who was taking up one of those empty stores that we are always gurned about in our working class areas. We need, we need people in there. We need retail units. Somebody who was doing that. Um, this happened too. So yes, it ha- had happened. But it's not quite, we're not building gallows, I say, storming just quite yet. You know, we're, we haven't got to that level yet. Um, I see Drew Harris made it under the gallows as well. He's having a great week, isn't he? I, I, um, I, I will say to Martin said it was kind of incoherent. I disagree. I disagree. I think it's very coherent. I think the people behind it know. I want to point out that, that you know, uh, again, I saw today uh, in the, okay, so let's go back to when it happened. It happens on Wednesday. They, everybody starts render, you know, beating their chests and saying this can't happen. Thursday, the Irish Times come out with a, one of those editorials where they said everybody's responsibility to push back against the far right. Saturday morning, the Irish Times, uh, one of its lead stories is Nigel Farage in a sit-down interview. So, you know, it took them less than two days to go from push back on the far, far right to here's everybody's cute and cuddly far right uncle that um, is going to say all the racist things over the dinner table. Uh, and and I uh, and again, I'm not Martin. Before before I finish on this, uh, another columnist in the Irish Times uh, said said what you said. It was incoherent, and if you're anti-everything, you know, violence will erupt. That same columnist spent all of COVID saying schools need to reopen, don't mask kids, and uh, let's not let's not um, let's not uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Let the young people be free. Um, so you know, you were part of this machination, whether you want to admit it or not. So it's not incoherent. And then finally, on this. Um, I saw, which is quite funny, a fight. One of the mad far right organisers of the event, who sat in the front row of of uh, Griff's um, free speech thing, uh, these lads are publishing their DMs now because they're all fighting with uh, John McGurk of Griff, and they're and they're publishing their DMs and and they're making. So I don't know which is worse. 
the far right grifters saying that we're going to ruin you financially because obviously they must be subscribers to grift and and John and John McGurk telling them you won't ruin us ha 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 I'm above you all and it's just hilarious to see this playing out and the saddest part Martin and you know I'm right come next Wednesday or Thursday John McGurk will be on News Talk telling us how the problem was Paul Murphy getting away with Jobstown a few years ago and that's where it all started yeah yeah, I kind of agree with you. But then I also think that, and I'll be really honest about this, uh, newspapers have stopped publishing the, publishing the circulation in the South because they are disappearing up their own arses, Tony. And that who's reading these opinions anymore? They're putting them behind paywalls and they're disappearing up their own arses and their circulation is falling through the floor and they're all sitting around going, why is this happening? Well, it's happening because you're putting far-right columnists in your newspapers. You're undermining good journalists, which who do exist, and you are undermining Lots them, of them yeah. with this absolute utter gutter nonsense that you're putting in the Irish Times, the Sunday Business Post, before the riots, before the riots. Had, had Lucinda Crichton uh, writing about how Marianne Le Pen in France is going to take over from Macron on her strong anti-immigration policy. I mean, just because they say it in a middle-class way doesn't mean that they're any less fucking racist. Well, I, they I, are. I absolutely agree with that, but I also think there's a classism in the in the criticism of a lot of the protests. Um, so, and particularly from the left, where there are people calling them, you know, these scroungers need to get jobs. These people could, are unemployable. Yeah, we've seen that. And, and, we've seen and it's that. Kind, and it's, it's, let's tell the truth here. The people who are out, out on the street, and Sam, you know this, when there's trouble in a working class community, in your community, it's the lads who live in the nice four bed semis outside of town who put them up to it. And it's the same with these fascists. It's exactly, it's actually, sa- when, I, when I saw it during the week, that's exactly what I was thinking. Sam has talked about this, about the guys from the leafy burbs sitting in their nice four-bedroom houses yeah. and the lads in working-class areas, you know, for lack of information, lack of education, lack of leadership. Lack of opportunity. And, and are then out absolutely tearing the place apart. And they're the bad guys, whereas the guys who live in the in the four-bed, nice leafy's burbs who incite them to this, who is the likes of John McGurk, without a doubt the likes of John McGurk, they get away scot-free. Not only do they get scot-free, they're brought into studio as well. What do you think? Oh, well, we condemn the violence that we incited. You know, fuck right. Oh, oh you're, you're back to the 1970s and 80s Belfast there. You, people it is, People condemning violence after being at rallies and stuck yeah. at, oh, Jesus, yeah. It is, it is. It's so exactly that. Yeah, it is. And it is the young lads then who get the get the criminal records and their, their choices narrow even further. You know, it's... They're they're useful useful cannon fodder, and that's that's what they are. They you, are useful. Yeah. I, I, like the level of misinformation is just. I mean, even to have a gallows with Leo Varadkar beside uh, Paul Murphy, beside Mary Lou Macdonald, beside the Education Minister, and you're going. There's just no coherence to any of this. There is no coherence. There is, Martin. There is a coherence to it. I disagree with you. It's it's this kind of, this idea, this nonsense of, as you see it, you see it, you're on social media and you could put up that tomorrow is Sunday and some will say, that's according to the World Economic Forum, the WEF. You're, what are you, are you yeah. in the WF's pocket? It's this conspiratorial stuff and people feel like they've been let down so much by the political establishment and they have they've been they've been told all sorts of things by I mean I only have to go back less than two years ago to um, the Irish Times run, uh, Pat Leahy running a whole piece for a week about you know why we've never had it so good stop moaning 
I only have to go back a few days ago to someone on news talk saying stop catastrophizing the issues as if like you know poverty is just something that we're catastrophizing so it is a real imbalance but we we're missing the point in a way because now we're coming into budget season and they're going to throw money at, at us now. Like, I mean, and Sam, you're nodding your head, but like there's talks here, you know, tax breaks for this, incentives for landlords, um, more money for the guards and, you know, all of these things. It's, uh, it's you know, it's a real it's kind a Tory of... Tory handbook. That's yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you must be looking at it from afar going, like, I've seen this, I've seen this play before and I know how it ends, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hard law and order, um help the middle, the squeeze middle, uh, put money back in your pockets, uh, levelling up. That's just throw it all in there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's all just freaking babble. Like, none of it works and none of they have no desire. I mean, what was it last week? The ATS-1 and the ATS-2 won't meet up. Yeah. They're at their high-speed railway. They won't join them because, well, they, they just really don't want to. It's <laughs> like... Well, uh, they did say that they were, I mean, uh, they're talking about security around the dial and they said that they're thinking of putting a 1.6 mile ex- or kilometre exclusion zone around on budget day. On budget day! On budget... <laughs> Who complains on budget day? Seriously! Cop yourselves it's stop on! stop the party, Marty. Yeah. stop the party. It's, it's, the party. it's I'm not... Like, I'm like looking at these I... people going, you are... Oh, yeah, a quick question for you. Pick a day that's controversial. Quick, you know, quick question. Oh, yeah. Go, go. If if we built the gallow on the Shankler Road and put Mary Lou McDonald's picture on it, what would the outrage be and how long would it last? It would be bigger oh. it would be bigger on social media than it would be in mainstream media. It would be and it would go on that and it would forever be a it, know, it'd be a hate crime. But this doesn't seem to be a hate crime. Um, sure now. Files have been sent to the DPP. You can't just rock up. You can't just rock up with a noose, and you can't. No, but Martin. Sam. But Martin, no, I will. No, I will say in Sam's in Sam's defence that the interesting part is see the way you just said the one point six uh, kilometre exclusion zone nonsense, right? We don't yeah. need any of that stuff. The laws exist. You can use the actual incitement uh, legislation we have. You can use the public order acts that we already have to deal with some of these things. We just want to dress it up in new... Like, it's one of the things, while I was... The hate speech legislation, I'm still uncomfortable with it because it doesn't define hate or doesn't get to tell you who gets to define hate as well. Now, do I think we need something? Absolutely. Do I think we need to be much more um, broad and robust in how we deal with these issues? Of course. It's And it's much... And I'm very conscious that it's three white guys here saying this as well. It's mm. not necessarily our skin in the game. No, It's no pun intended. But this is something that we have to look at properly and that can't be abused because, you know, Martin McMahon gets in and he decides... Someone who, um, anybody who used to work in RTE who annoyed me, yet yeah, they, they're all they're all bastards. Like <laughs> they're their fur game. Yeah. And <laughs> um, look, there's a lot. Look, there's a like there's a lot I want to cover. Just some. Can I do? Can I just I, want to no, say no, one point six kilometers. Do you know where that puts you? Town exactly outside, from, outside the town, halfway across the Connell Bridge. Yeah, that's it's, it. It's, so it's no Northsiders allowed. I just I I <laughs> I, I want to do some really quick ones, right? So really really quick hits. Um, I saw a report this week, and I hope to go back to it maybe in the next week or so. That uh, the fifth largest employer now in Mexico is organized crime. Right, so they're now. Beth, have they dropped down the list? Have they? <laughs> now, now, lads, how dare you? Uh, One hundred and seventy-five thousand people are taught to be employed in organized crime in Mexico currently, and that doesn't include cartels operating outside the state. I think we might have to go back to Nicholas Dale Leal and have a look at this, Martin. Um, I think it's a, it's just something. Then, yeah, it's an interesting start, isn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. They, our tree leaders, tree leaders, our our fucking Hydra went off to the UN. Um, uh. 
Leo Varadkar, Michal Martin and Eamon Ryan went off to the UN. Do you know who didn't go? Oh, Everybody fucking else, right? So, 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 China didn't show up. Germany didn't show up. The French didn't show up because they went to the G twenty a couple of weeks ago, and they said our meeting already happened. And yet, our fucking excuse me, our sycophantic media going on. Oh, we got to address the UN. No one cared, and like the only people who gave out about it, according to US coverage, are the, are the people in New York who couldn't get down certain streets because they were blocked because of you know all of these dignitaries coming in and out. None of the main, none of, like Joe Biden made an appearance to appeal for money for Ukraine. Didn't really go very well, I have to be honest. Um, It hasn't gone very well in terms of, there is a lukewarm approach now to Ukraine. People, other countries are starting to say, okay, it's terrible what's happening to Ukraine, but I just actually want to be able to afford, you know, uh, bread and milk, please. So there's, unfortunately, that's now becoming a a topic at the kitchen table and not just at these tables. Um, other really really quickly if you don't mind me um, on, a, on, a, on a lighter note America as we've said Martin last week the choice between um, madman Donald Trump and um, the let's face it fading cardboard Joe yeah um, did you see any of it this week it was um, I, I, someone made a comment they were saying that you know that Biden's age has now been put against him and it is and, and actually over 70% of people think he's too old in the latest poll to become president for a second term and one of the comments tongue in cheek was made was look Biden didn't just wake up old this week but he did wake up and that's a win for Joe Biden at this age and this is where it's become he's become a sketch but Trump I don't know, please tell me someone saw this, said that if we don't sort this stuff out in Ukraine and I can sort it out in 24 hours, we could be on the brink of World War II. Yeah, I know. Did you see this? Look, look what can you, you might think that, that Biden is a cardboard cutout, but Trump is, is a parody of, of, of himself. He's just a parody. There was a second I comedy mean, he made is, this. It's not a real person. He made a brilliant comment this week because they're obviously his side want voter ID to push back on communities that make it more difficult for them to vote. But did you see what he said, Sam? Am I the only, am I the only nerd who's following this where he said that I don't know why people have a problem with voter ID. You need voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. I don't know where he fucking buys his bread or clearly he hasn't bought bread in a long time. But, but. <laughs> but Tony, he grew up in a rarefied atmosphere. The idea yeah. that he's not in I, touch with with people, it, it just doesn't shock me. But, but this is your that, choice. This is your choice. Joe Biden, who literally, you know, is freezing but now. That, but do you not see that? To me, that's politics the world over. <laughs> has become so expensive that only those at the very top can afford to actually take uh, a, a pop, you, a run you, at you, you say those at the very top. I say people who are supported by people. That, like, I mean, I, I referenced... Oh, of course. You, you have to have your, your super meetings and you have to raise all your money. But you have to be that billionaire profile before you begin. Yeah. The... the, um, the, the like, back to Sam, you raised the point with me this morning, and I just wanted to get you get a, your sense of it. You said the end of marching season and failure seasons. We wouldn't have a clue what that means down here in my in my in my leafy Dublin bubble. What does that mean? Oh, it's the crazy season is over. It's it's we go into hibernation at this point. We 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 pop out every now and again to get a bit offended about somebody's tweet or somebody's statement on the news, but it's. The level gets ratcheted down for the winter months. It's darker. There's no band parades on. There's the failures are all over. There's no wolf tones getting blasted out over speaking. Everybody just gets a bit more calmer. And at this time of year, we start to sort of just go about life. You know, it's, it just becomes the humdrum, which it should be all the time, but it's not. Um, 
and we we take a breather, and then Easter comes around next year, and then it starts with the commemoration. And who's <laughs> who's bad bread, and who's whose protests are going to start? And so we we get this sort of seasonal <laughs> seasonal madness. It is a hibernation. It just calms down for those months. So so and it, so, so what you're telling me is that you have it's like you know it's it's that scene in that that, that was it the Paul McCartney uh, song where the lads uh, the Germans and the and the Brits played football in the middle of the in the middle of the, the Somme or some nonsense like that. Yeah, it's just just yeah, it's an armistice for <laughs> it's a cultural armistice for a couple of months where we just sort of calm down. Yes, you, you get the daily uproars and there'll be the different things about whose fault the NHS has fallen apart this week it is and who put slurry into the into Loch Ness. There'll be the odd one of flowers up, but it's not on the same level. And it's not in your face and people aren't out on the streets getting really into it. Um, so we, we take a bit of a low and this is where we do our breathing uh, and then we sort of psych up for next year and then we go out of the game round three round four <laughs> round five <laughs> I, can just, I just see the signs at the orange hall you know yoga classes come along your quest you, you, you can laugh but um, I, I just I finished Naomi Klein's book and uh, one of the main uh, routes into far right theories Martin is Yoga, yoga, it absolutely. Yeah, no, is. I know. I, I mean, it's. I was. It's not lost. It's, it's on the me. well. It's, it's the well-being industry that goes from you know. Look, yeah, I can't. We, go, we, I can't go to yoga. Uh, you're, you're, you're. They, they looked at people who are um, getting vaccinated should, and and losing. We, we should really uh, because this was so obvious during the 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 pandemic. It was so obvious during the pandemic that the. The, the gym bros and the gym bunnies and, and all these people who are keeping fit. No, my body is a temple. I'll put nothing into it. And lashing in steroids to beat the band, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And and they were so um, really kind of anti-medicine rather than anti what we call traditional medicine. I mean, it, it was all nonsense and Quackery, quackery. But you're saying to yourself, there's a, there's a market where people nobody spotted it. And when the government went to change that, you had to present your your vaccine pass to get into a gym. There was murder, murder. Do you not remember? There was. It was yeah. probably the biggest kickoff because they're one of the because they're one of the least vaccinated demographic groups. Yeah. yeah, and and it's yeah, just. Yeah. But like even now, you're saying people didn't cop onto it. That's not true. There's a huge industry in it, Martin. Huge. Like it's it's you know it's this kind of wellness idea of like the people who you know crystals can cure cancer. Um, we can do all of these little things. Like Sam, we we've seen it play out so much. You're a, you're a bit of a gym bunny, you know it. I I remember one fella, and I God forgive me now, I won't name any names, but um, I had done uh, um, I had familiarity. I I back in back when I was in UCD, I also did a thing in in pharmaceutical technician as well, and I thought this was something I was going to be interested in. And I remember one lad who had clearly been juicing. I mean, you can tell this, this telltale signs was juicing. And I sat down and I said to him, what are you taking? And this is a guy who literally like that would live a, you know, um, a pure diet, like nothing. Everything was, was, was whole foods. It was, it was um, proper uh, sources of protein. It was all of this. And I said, what are you taking? And he said, nothing. I said, what are you taking? He said, nothing. I said, come on. And he said, blue ones. 
He was so careful with everything else, but he fucking took the steroids that were the blue ones. And you're just thinking like, fuck me. This is, uh, and, and now we have this industry that's built up in, um, and, and they are also involved in the scenes outside the doll because they're saying, you know, you wanted us to take this COVID vaccine that made children sick. It gave kids autism. No, it fucking didn't, you dingbat. The, and, and, uh, you know, oh, this stuff is just. No, it, it was, the, it was the guy who told me you can't take the vaccine because it gives you COVID. Like, yeah, that's generally the idea of a vaccine. Yeah, you yeah. You a small dose of it, you build up a resistance. I mean, come on. Uh, but it gives you COVID. I know. It was meant to. That's, that, that's the fucking vaccine's work. But it's, yeah, it. Uh, we're, we're in a society now where everybody who's got a, a Twitter handle and an Instagram account thinks they're an influencer and they know better. But, but we only are, for education. We are laughing, but we are also heading into uh, indoors season where people are mixing again, and the hospitals, we've seen it here, the hospitals in, in the south, the pressure never came off during the summer, Sam. No, we now no we way. don't have a winter plan anymore. No, it is it, now it, just it, an emergency plan. It's a 24-7 plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're the same, and I, and I can tell you now that the conversations I have with different people over the last few weeks, whether it be organising meetings or whatever, the amount of people telling me they've got COVID at the minute yeah, yeah. it's been through the roof I mean, I, I can and I can put my phone up to the screens with you seven people who have told me in the last two days they've got COVID oh, and they're is, not related there is a madness to it in that sooner or later people will get fed up will get fed up getting regularly ill and there is a madness to it that we could stop it uh, uh, it just isn't a willpower uh, uh, yeah. A new report came out. I saw it in El Pais because I read El Pais on Saturdays. Um, that showed the and this is the scary part. We and again, Thomas Ryan, Professor Thomas Ryan from um, Trinity, told us this ages ago, Martin, that uh, the COVID, the the COVID illness can affect organs. You know, it can have impacts on. Remember, he said on brain plasticity. Now it's showing that that brain that that, that the change to brain plasticity is still in place months and months it's, later so it's, it's a permanent thing as far as we can see uh, uh, but it's a wider malaise that's going on and as we see up north and we see down south they have the capability to fix things they have the money to fix things what we're lacking is the political impetus the political will to mm -hmm. fix things i mean you you can fix Loch Ness, you can fix the health system you can fix housing you can stop covid but we've come to this stage in human development where it's very much like oh, fuck it look let, let's just play it out and see how the markets go you know and that's just where we're at it, it, it you know what well, we've said it before neoliberalism is, is a suicide cult capital, and cap we're all cap heading that capital, way. capitalism is the crisis um it absolutely is yeah. just yeah. just really quickly lads um he's a uh, sammy on blue sky yet I didn't know what it was, to be honest. I heard somebody talking about it the other night. Another fucking platform. Yeah, that's what it is. Another fucking platform. But uh, there is very much a sense that uh, uh, Martin's uh, guru and, and mind coach and influencer, Elon Musk, has really screwed us all now. Um, oh, I, I, and, and if ever you want to write down a plan on how to make something successful unsuccessful no, no, follow no, no, no. how do you make a small fortune you start with a big one yeah. <laughs> and, and, isn't it funny though in all his efforts and his whole thing is to make it more accessible to have more diversity of opinion to to you know bullshit, these though. people are saying yeah but that's that's the game he's playing but what is he actually doing he's made twitter a much smaller place where the subjects spoken about are in a much narrower band, where there isn't the diversity, where there isn't the opinion. So his his plan, whatever that was, 
the exact opposite has ha- happened in that it has become far more niche. It has become less publicly accessible. So, you know, I just think unintended consequences. He he tried to, whatever in his own head, tried to make that you can say whatever you please and this is the rough and tumble of but it that's, all. But, but that's not true it. because our friend Harry McEvan-Sonia put up a simple meme, a simple meme and got suspended permanently. Gone. Is Harry gone? Harry is gone because... because no uh, way. Yeah. Um, Richard Ayodi, the... the the comedian who I have to say I've always enjoyed his com- comedy wrote a kind of um, one of those where he throw it on the front of a book saying about how, how good this book is for Graeme Linehan which you know obviously people would say well why would you do that when Graeme Linehan as we saw on the streets of Dublin only a couple of weeks ago and Harry put up one of those a meme of um, it's it's is it uh, it's it's basically it's it's an old it's it's it has its own fucking internet page where the guy is has to kill his own brother crying his eyes out going feeling feeling bad because you know my own brother betrayed me kind of thing put that meme up that was all he put up and he got permanently banned Harry's entire account is gone and no way of appeal, no nothing. So don't give me that, you know, he wants more diversity. He doesn't because what happened with Harry is the turfs and the, and, and the rest of it mass reported him and said he has now threatened Richard Iodi by pay, by posting this this simple meme, well known to everybody. And if you know how you know it's a simple meme and no one did anything? Because I reposted afterwards and no one fucking came after me. They just wanted to take Harry down and they mass reported him as a group and he's gone, Martin. Yeah, I didn't hear that, and I'm very sorry to hear that. But Harry was one of my absolute favourites on here, without a doubt. He was supposed one to be on. The, he was supposed to be on here today, but he has, um, but he has a, a family thing to get to. So we will have him back on to talk about it. Uh, it is look, look, Twitter. I don't know. I, I, we're all here to the bitter end. We are. We know we are. Mm. You know, we are all. There can be blue sky. There can be whatever else. But we want to see Twitter burn before we move. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean O'Grant started a great thread yeah, the other day yeah, of yeah. the Irish wake of Twitter. It was fantastic. Brilliant. Um, that's what we should do. We're in the final throes of this thing, and there was, was X. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was it was kind of like I mean, there's been and Dara Ojeda, then Mister Irish Four, he wrote a piece for the Examiner where he broke down, you know, you know, coddle and the old Vin B hashtag and all of these things. How how it kind of made a community before there was a community there, he, yes. you know. And Derek himself would admit it. Like he was a, a civil servant and he turned it into um, a best selling author because. He started that the Irish Four, so so it's been a force for good in lots of ways. Jesus Christ, the Tortoise Shack probably wouldn't exist without a Martin. I, I certainly Shrapnel wouldn't. No, Shrapnel wouldn't. No, and I have to say, I remember Vin B. Of all the hashtags, the particularly Irish hashtags, Vin B. Trended every evening. Who who started it? I don't even remember. It's in the it's in the Irish Examiner piece, and I'm spoiler alert. It was Simon McGar. Yeah, and it has. It had a life of its own, it, and that was back when it was two hundred and forty characters. One hundred and forty. Sorry, one hundred and forty. You had to be clever in what you wrote, you know, you know, for it to get traction. But um, do I miss that? I do miss it. Actually, I missed where you had to be clever, where you had to put words together in a particular way. I miss you. I, always, I miss you having to be clever and. Uh, I, I always thought there was an art form to that that there was a way of doing that and that when you open that up and said look everybody have a crack use a thousand words and try and say what he said in three you know i I thought that kind of lost it then after that but 
we're on the journey, one way or the other. We'll see this place into hell. We'll watch Mossborn <laughs> go down with it. We're all, we're all, we're all going to complain about that iceberg that attacked us on the Titanic. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're kind of the orcas swimming in the Twitter war, just waiting to nudge the right boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've just bought a fiddle, and I will learn to play it, and I'll yeah. play away as this thing sort of collapses around oh, me. I'll have Sam, to put you in Sam, touch you, with can, my can, man, Matt. Can, can we give a little bit of a? Can we give a little bit of a thing? What's coming up for shrapnel in the next few? The next little little while give a little bit of spoiler yeah, uh, we, we started off at the beginning of the season telling you guys that we had trouble getting people to come forward now i've got the opposite now i'm trying to get people booked in it's just an avalanche <laughs> um and they're coming from all shapes and sizes and all different areas and i'm like okay we'll talk to you but what am i going to talk to you about i think that's the problem we're having at the minute what do we want to narrow it down to so that, it's a great problem to have um we have confirmed, we have one in the can, we have got another one coming up this week, we have confirmed another three. Um, we've got people who are now tweeting me on a regular basis going, where's my slot? We're doing a, a two-part special, aren't we? We are. We're, we're, we're going to tackle the question that is the elephant in the room that we don't often tackle, and we're going to do it in a two-part to try and give it a bit of balance. Because yeah. neither me or Gareth want to be finger pointed at and say you're biased one way or the other and we are biased one way or the other we both have our own opinions if you want to look at it that way but we're giving a platform to two individuals coming from two different directions on on the same issue we're going to do that this week um we then have we then have somebody coming on who's created their own uh, podcast who does documentary podcasts who covered one that i listened to during the summer summer which was fantastic because it covers a bit of this place that nobody really talks about and uh, it's a subculture of a subculture of a subculture and it's the lgbt community and the rise of it uh, in the round the seas fires and how it took off um and in the murder of a an off-duty police officer that sort of yeah i know i know the story. It i know the yeah, story yeah it, it, um, it's, it's don't give too much people, away I said, people are now you, you guys, for some reason fairness, really interested in talking great stuff we're not having to chase them the audience is <laughs> it's great as well so yes we're, we're going to cover a lot of feedback. niches but we're also we're also very aware that are some of the stuff that we do at our roots the likes of the beano and the blocks the eddie kenners um we need to go back there as well so we, we'll, we'll keep going as best we can um and again anybody out there if you have any ideas you know anybody wants to talk to us push it forward on twitter give us a shout Thanks for that, Sam, and we will, of course, and it's great to see Shrapnel do so well. I mean, it was a a tentative start, but it really has done so well. Sam, thanks for coming on and having this conversation with us today. You're an absolute gentleman, as always, and it's lovely to see Shrapnel doing so well. Before we do wrap, I do want to announce, um, I've been thinking about this for a while, Um, neither Sam or Martin were aware I was going to actually do this, so I've written it down. Dear comrades, I am writing to let you know that I have decided to transition to the role of leader of lefty Irish Twitter emeritus for my entire uh, political and social media life. I have been engaged in daily shit posting and that will not change. But the time is right for me to step aside and for someone else to take up the mantle and be told what to do by me. Um, no, I'm obviously referencing poor old Rupert Murdoch, who uh, who has yeah. left the stage yeah, well, by not leaving the stage. Yourself as well. well, if, if you are standing down, not <laughs> if you're standing down, like every other post in the south, I take it it'll be a northerner taking over. So I'll put my hand up oh. now. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, Sam, Sam, you're one podcast away from doing the late late show. We leave it there, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support, and thanks for everybody who likes shares and 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 uh lets people know because we have no ads no sponsors we rely on you really appreciate it talk to you soon take care bye-bye tony and martin martin and tony speaking to intro
It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.